Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Thanks uh, for joining us on another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This podcast, once again, is brought to you by our good friends at FOCO. Baseball starting one week from today? Question mark? Uh, uh, maybe? Tomorrow? I, I don't even know what day it is. But anyway, in a week, baseball's back. It's back, it's back, it's back. So based on that, obviously you need some new Dodgers gear, right? Whether it's, you know, maybe a couple bobbleheads or, I don't know, some office stuff like I do. Be it as it may, if uh, you go uh, to the description of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on, there's a link that's going to take you to the FOCO store and, uh, you know, add whatever you want to the cart. Go ahead and get that added in there. And uh, once you go to check out, a discount will be applied for being a loyal listener to this here podcast. Big huge thanks to FOCO. They've been killing it with the uh, the world champion bobbleheads as well. If uh, you had a chance to snag it, the uh, the Tommy Lasorda joint was sick. So uh, huge thanks to them and for being supporters of this podcast. And uh, we're also brought to you by Bleed Los. www.bleedlos.com they, uh, they have all of the merch. Dodgers related, of course. I keep talking about that Joe Kelly Fight Club shirt. It's there. That's one of my favorites ever. For being a listener to this here podcast, if you go to that website, upon checkout, enter Bleed Los Pod 10, and uh, you'll you'll save 10%. So, boom. Easy enough. Huge thanks to them. And uh, once again, thank you guys for being supporters of this here podcast. Please like, subscribe, rate, all that jazz. Uh, like I mentioned last week, it helps us uh, in, in booking guests. And uh, we want to get guests for you guys, get you uh, some solid interviews, Get, we're we're gonna try to get Rachel Luba on this joint, so uh, you know things like that. It'll 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 help that sort of those little things, if you will, to help us uh, get content. So huge thanks to you guys for the support. And as always, with those promo codes, all that jazz, terms and conditions do apply. Please see those respective websites for details. But for now, here is another edition of the Bleed Lost Podcast. <laughs> week one week until opening day i think wait no yeah it's one week i lost my days for a second i'm sorry but it's your boys alonso juan and uh and even though it's a week away there's still there's still some uh, buffoonery going on juan and uh and we're just gonna get into it uh they they the mlb has uh is, is gonna attempt to crack down on foreign substances and they've sent out a memo to everyone uh if you haven't seen that memo uh, ESPN did a did an article on it. All you know the other uh, uh, the publications, if you will. But essentially, they're going to in, in, increase monitoring by compliance officers. Inspections of baseballs taken out of play that will use a third play lab or party lab, excuse me, to check for substances and spin rate analysis. So I'm just kind of curious, and, and and I know we've been talking about it offline, but but I, I want to hear from you and your voice, if you will. 
I'm looking at this from the player perspective and you're looking at this obviously from the fan perspective. I'm kind of curious how you, how you take of all of this and in going into the season, especially with, with how much the game has changed since the need and fewer days. Well, I'll tell you this. I want to meet the guy. I hope Major League Baseball announces who is the guy who came up with this brilliant idea that um, we needed to enforce this rule. Because I got to tell you, you know, it didn't take long. But again, I don't know why Robert Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball, because it is obvious to me that Manfred hates baseball. (laughs) Why? I mean, your job as the commissioner is to promote the game. Right. Your job as the commissioner is to make baseball appealing, make more people want to watch it. So your idea is we're going to point out all the people who cheat in our game. And mind you, you're still not going to do anything about a team that literally cheated, used all this technology to cheat. You're going to let them off scot-free. But here you're going to go nickel and dime people. For pitching, and and I know we've had this conversation offline, and you say this, Alonzo, you know this by experience. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing this. And it just drives me nuts because here are these pitchers, you know, they're out there. You already changed the ball this year. Okay. Even though some pitchers are saying, well, it hasn't really changed that much. Other pitchers are saying they have noticed the difference that it's the stitching is a little higher. Okay, you already admitted that you changed the ball. I mean, you do everything to make baseball look bad. And here you instead of doing something to promote your pleasure players. I mean, this is the only sport that a family can afford to go see. Okay, instead of trying to champion that instead of pushing that out. So more and more people will love baseball. Your big, big tada is. We're going to go out here and we're going to catch these cheaters, even though everyone in every pitcher in Major League Baseball is probably doing this. I, uh, for the record, I also believe, uh, well, I might be wrong here, but Roger, if you want to mind looking this up, uh, I believe it's Chris Davis, who former player Chris Davis, who is now in the MLB office, who is who is enforcing this, from my understanding, because I believe that's the dude that's a like on field personnel or something. I don't know what his role is. But anyway, I, I agree with you. Um, and like I said, you know, obviously I'm going to look at this from the player perspective. Everyone does something to this effect, whether it's nicking a ball, whether it's spiking a ball, stupid things like sunblock, lotion. I mean, there's clubhouse guys that that's their specialty. Obviously, everyone heard about that guy that worked for my former employer, the Angels, that learned from another guy that was there how to do that stuff and was selling that stuff and making it for Verland. So it's it's one of those things where everyone to a certain degree does it. I'm of the party that I don't, I know a lot of guys have said, oh, well, it's like, it's performance enhancing. It's like the equivalent of steroids, et cetera. The baseball with the raised, uh, with the raised seams is just as performance enhancing, in my opinion, as any of those substances. If anything, you're just helping the pitcher because it's just going to give him a better grip. So that's why to me, it's like, what, like, what are we doing? You know, we're, 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 we're going to, like you said, nickel and dime certain things that don't make sense. And also for people that aren't aware, those compliance officers that are supposed to monitor that stuff, they were originally there. Literally their job was to make sure that guys did not have cans of dips, dip in dugouts. That was their job. If you openly saw a can of dip, it was a fine. 
And especially after Tony Gwynn passed away, RIP Tony Gwynn, they wanted to enforce it, you know, because they, you know, guys, guys dip, but at the same time, they didn't want the kids to see the cans of dip in the dugouts. Okay. I, I can understand that. I can get that. I hid cans of dip when I worked in the game for guys at all levels of the game in the most random places and dugouts. So that way those guys wouldn't see anything because they define it. What, what how, what's I mean, because what's going to happen here there someone because obviously already, if for those of you that aren't aware, there's an unwritten rule. Uh, and as far as the unwritten rule goes is no one does the thing where, hey, other side is doing whatever to the baseball. That's going to happen now for sure. It's going to piss someone off. It's going to create turmoil as far as that goes. And then I am almost willing to guarantee that the first guy that gets accused of that stuff is someone that is that doesn't do that stuff, like a reliever, something like that. So it's just opening a giant can of worms. And to your point, Juan, they, this is still <laughs> going to just expose MLB in the sense that they didn't do anything about the Astros. They did nothing about the Astros whatsoever. And I go back to this point. MLB did nothing about steroids. Into this, exactly. I mean. So it's one of those things where you can't sit here and get all high and mighty and try to enforce all these, you know, I'm going to call this uh, uh, trivial just because this has been going on for so long, excuse me, that it doesn't make any sense whatsoever now. And then it's funny because now that they're doing this, there's a bunch of hitters that are basically calling this performance enhancing drugs, if you will, for pitchers. That's garbage. That's garbage. Uh, and then I don't remember who it was. Uh, someone yesterday or today tweeted out that they would rather get hit by someone that isn't using that stuff than to get struck out by someone that's using the stuff. Th- to me, that makes no sense just because it's like, bro, you want to get hit in the head? Yeah. <laughs> so like, so that's what doesn't make sense to me. Because then the other caveat to it is, okay, so then if you're going to nitpick that, then start nitpicking on, on cork bats. If, if you're not going to pick on, on cork bats, then, then what are we doing here? So, so it goes both ways. Oh, Roger Davis. Thank you. Sorry. Wrong Davis. I, I, I digress. I apologize, Mr. Chris Davis. Uh, I, I, I got him confused with, you uh, just slandered Chris Davis. I did. I did. I'm sorry, man. I'm so they're going to, wasn't he the guy that went like over 28 for, with the, with the Orioles? Well, there's two Chris, though. I think Chris Davis is three, I believe uh, oh, okay. that there's that Chris Davis. And then the uh, Chris Davis that played for the Oakland athletics for a few yeah. years. And then the other Chris Davis that played for the Oakland Athletics that just went to Texas. Uh, yeah. So my bad, Roger Davis though. Like, come on, man. Like, that—that's the the. Uh, I don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense because of all the things that they need to be focusing on. This is the last thing that they should be focusing on. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I, that I, what's it gonna what's it gonna change? It's gonna it maybe gonna change a handful of strikeouts in my opinion. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's true. But here, here's my thing. Okay, if you're going to do this, if you're going to go after the pitchers in this way, then I think you need to have, go after every hitter that wears body armor at the plate. I think the body armor is such bullshit because Barry Bonds, when he used to, I mean, he looked like he was in a full night outfit, you know, protecting his elbow. You can literally stand on top of the plate. You're taking away half of the plate from the pitcher. And if you get hit, it doesn't matter because you're wearing body armor. It doesn't hurt you. Like those guys back in the 60s when Bob Gibson was drilling them, I guarantee you they weren't going to choke up on the plate. I think it's just BS that the hitters are allowed to protect themselves in this way. And then 
we're going to go after the pitchers. It, 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 I mean, baseball, you, you said it. You said it perfectly. I mean, they have their priorities so out of whack. And I mean, look, let's get into it right now. Who's going to be the primary target for this? I know you said that it's going to be, you know, somebody who's not doing it. But I think somebody they're they're going to go after, they're going to try to make an example of is Trevor Bauer. Oh, that's why. And why? Because Trevor Bauer called out all those Astros players. Right. And what did he say? He said he knew how they were cheating. He knew. So here he is because he's been so outspoken on it. I bet you they're going to go. I mean, what's to stop the Rockies opening weekend from them going up to the empire and say, check his glove. And and that's and, and the other point I was going to make to me. I mean, in the rule book, if you go and look at the rule, and by the way, if you're curious, it's rule 602 uh, section eight. Uh, no, no, it's just 602. Sorry. Um, it, essentially, what it comes down to, it's up to the umpire's judgment to see if such a violation has occurred. And the umpire can either you know throw the player out and the manager, or they just warn both sides. What the hell? Like, because again, the other the other for me, it's a tip for tat thing. Okay, you don't want the pitcher to use foreign substances, then eliminate those foreign substances from position players. Just, just, I mean, at the end of the day, the position players use it just as much. You know, it's, it's, it's just like that that picture that we all saw when they released this thing, right? That Yadier Molina picture where he's he's got he's standing up. There's a ball stuck to his chest protector, and both of his hands are in the air. Why is it stuck to him? Because he's probably using pine tar. So, and there's plenty of position players that use it to make transfers easy. That you know, the tops of their gloves, the insides of their gloves, in some cases. So that's why, and even of that, the compliance officer is going to do what? Just hyper-focus on the pitcher and no one else? Like, come on, man. Like, it, it has to go both ways. You can't do it. You can't go you about know, it that way. That, that's such a good point. Because if they're just focusing on the pitcher, guess what? The catcher is touching the ball just as much as the pitcher. Absolutely. If the catcher is covered in pine tar and he's putting it all over the ball, how can then you sit there and say it's the pitcher doing it? How do you not know that it's the catcher who's doing it? It's again, I just, I, I want, if Rachi Davis is the guy who came up with this idea, I, you know, I, I just, again, I just feel that the people that work in major league baseball's front office are doing more to hurt the game than to help it. And it just would be nice if the people who work in major league baseball's front office loved baseball as much as the people who watch it. No. And that's a great point. And the irony is, I mean, him and Nick Hunley and Gregor Blanco are in the roles of senior directors of on-field operations. They're dudes that just got done playing. Not too long ago, Roger Davis crushed a bomb in the world series against the Cubs. Yeah. So, so it's not too long ago that my man left, left that world to, to go to that world. So, I'm also curious to see the the player's reaction because obviously there's been players reaction that have varied, but to me, it's crazy. It's just, it's crazy that this is the thing that they're focusing on. And again, if they want the game to grow, this is not the way for it to grow whatsoever. If anything, it's just going to set it back, but you know what? I'll get off my soapbox now. Do you think they, uh, they went to the players to get any feedback on this? Hell no. Or they just sprung no. it. So they just sprung it on them a week before the season's about to start. Yeah, because if they would have, they know that the players would have either pushed back in a crazy immense way or said nothing. And a part of it is because is we've talked about it before. There's a looming 
we're lockout coming. I mean, it's coming. Yeah. And if if this if, if these sorts of things are further indicators of stuff like that's coming, and the players just would have been like, nah, like we're not even going to entertain that because you're springing this on us, like you said, a week before the season started. So I mean, if if the perfect time to do this would have been prior to spring training. Well, it's like the whole DH thing, the universal DH thing. It's just like, wait, did you guys just barely come up with this idea right now? And if so, I really have to question your guys' preparation. I, I mean, it, it's it's just, it's incredibly frustrating because here we are now spending, instead of talking about the hope and that baseball is getting ready to start and that our, all, all the teams that might have a chance of doing something special this year. Instead, we're spending time talking about how Major League Baseball wants to catch all the cheaters in their sport. So instead of, you know, trying to convince everyone that we have the best athletes in the world, we want to go out of our way to show everybody we have the most cheaters in the world. And then they're, and they're not actually busting the actual cheaters. <laughs> like, that's, like I told you, when shit's going to hit the fan is the day that like an Altuve or a Bregman or, you know, a Correa, if they are considered, uh, make it to the hall. That's just going to open that can of worms again. And and truthfully, it shouldn't have been that way because they should have just nipped in the butt when they had the opportunity. But look where we are now. Exactly. So, so like you said, it's either Rob Manfred really hates baseball or Rob Manfred really hates baseball. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no other way about it. I mean, it's it just oh, great. Alonzo. Now he's never going to come on. I mean, let's be 100% honest. I don't think he would have came on here because I just would have, the first question would have been like, hey, uh, follow-up question to my first question. Why do you hate baseball so much, my guy? Like, exactly. it just doesn't make any damn sense. None of it does. But you know what? I'm just a guy on a podcast, so what do I know? But uh, but transitioning to uh, things that, I, that, that we kind of know, uh, we do know that the Dodgers have made some roster cuts, and uh, one of those roster cuts today uh, went down. And uh, Jimmy Nelson has made the 40 man roster. So I, I, I mean, I'm still of the party that I think he's going to make the big, the big team, you know, come a week from now, I guess, uh, since the season opens a week from now. But uh, interestingly enough, Matt Davidson, a guy that we talked about a lot last week was sent down. Uh, Garrett Clevenger was sent down. Uh, Nick Robertson, James Pazos, uh, FedEx, Tim Federovich, who I legitimately had no idea was with the Dodgers currently uh, was also sent down. Interestingly enough, though, Zach McKinstry has not been sent down from what I've seen. Uh, so I find that interesting. So that's, you know, because I know that they want a bat for the for the right, you know, right handed bat for the bench. So there's a possibility there. Jimmy Nelson is is training towards making the team. And uh, and also, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, a news, if you will, is uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Rios is going to play, I think, tomorrow or today because he's slightly injured. Uh, I, you guys were talking about a little earlier. But yeah, he's had he had some hamstring issues. Hamstrings, so thank you. The, the the report is that from Roberts is that uh, we are recording this on a Thursday, so he would be playing on Friday. Okay, um, but be that as it may, so Joe Kelly, Bruce Dargraderol, and Mitch White and Brandon Morrow aren't expected to pitch in a game this spring and won't be ready by opening day. Uh, so that means that only basically two pitching roster cuts are left for the Dodgers if they decide to roll with their 13 and only one more if they want to keep 14. Um, so that, you know, obviously that makes it a little easier as far as that goes. Um, but the bench is still a, you know, kind of a hot topic. I was honestly thinking Matt Davidson was going to make the team. I'm, I'm surprised that he's not, but I mean, it could be a litany of things. It could be that they want him to work on stuff, whatever. 
uh, maybe even get regular reps up until the postseason, whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious, what say you to the Jimmy Nelson addition to the roster and with where they're currently at as far as kind of as, as they feel out this roster, if you will? Uh, I, you know, uh, for me, he was one of the people I really wanted to see because, again, like I talked about it on the last episode, if we get what he did in 2017 with the Brewers, I mean, that's going to be great. You know, right now, to me, I think the bullpen, even without Bruce Dar, without Joe Kelly, like to me, the, the bullpen looks really good it looks really sharp it's it's the thing that i think i have the most confidence in right now going into the season but let me ask you this is it me or did spring training just go by really really fast like you know i was a little bit concerned that especially with uh bueller's last outing bowers last outing kershaw's last two outings that maybe these guys didn't get enough time in spring training to, to gear up for the season because, you know, they didn't have split squad games this year. So I, I'm, I'm curious as to see, um, like I said, the starting pitching going into the season was supposed to be like, you know, we have like eight potential starters, you know, but I got to say, I think the bullpen is the, 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 the pitching from the bullpen is what impressed me the most in terms of the bench, that's, I think, that has the most question marks because I have to say, I don't think there hasn't been anybody that is going to be a potential bench player that has really stood out to me. And maybe I'm comparing it to the fact that Jock keeps hitting home runs with the Cubs and that we don't have geek in. But I, I, if you look at Matt Beatty's numbers, they're kind of solid. They've been a, it's been a solid spring. Uh, I don't know. Babyface, do you have McKinstry's numbers for the spring? Uh, There hasn't been anybody that has really stood out in terms of the bench players. I am happy to see that Chris Taylor has been having a really good spring and Gavin Lux has had a really good spring. I think Gavin Lux having a good spring is really important for him uh, because he struggled. Um, You know, there was a game I was watching where Rick Monday was just saying that that's probably the first time that Gavin Lux has ever struggled in his entire baseball career. I mean, going up until that point, that guy was probably a stud at every level of baseball that he played. And then all of a sudden he got to the big leagues and it's like, oh, there's people here that are just as good, if not better than me. So for him to have as good a spring training as he's had, uh, I think is, um, is very encouraging. So so let me get this straight, baby face. So McKinstry is hitting 353 for the spring. Am I am I reading that correctly? Wait, yeah, three, I, 350. Yeah, 353, one home run. So uh, 34 hits, five doubles, and a home right. run. Maybe not. No. Um, 34 at bats, 30, bats, five runs, 12 hits, one home run, six RBIs, one stolen base. 353. Oh, okay. Uh, 371 OBP, 842 OPS. See, this is is what I'm talking about. I mean, doesn't spring training feel a lot shorter to you guys? I mean, he's only got 34 at-bats. Well, like with spring, so first of all, March is the shortest year that we've had since 2020. Uh, It it flew by. Um, I um, I was looking at the calendar today. I was like, how is it already the 25th-ish? Of, of March when literally it just it flew by. Um, 
for me, the dude that stood out out of all those guys, it, it's a tie between Chris Taylor and Gavin Lux. And let me tell you why. Gavin Lux had literally was given the keys to the kingdom this offseason, even with how everything went down last year with him showing up late to camp, evidently not in great shape, all sorts of stuff, right? Um, they basically said, listen, man, this is your job to lose, so go get it. And it's not often that you really get that as a young kid. You know, the last, the real last guy that I can think of that they kind of gave the keys to the kingdom to, if you will, like in a set position, uh, was Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter got the shortstop gig, not the best shortstop in the world, right? But he went out and grinded, and he's one of those dudes, even up until he retired, he was taking infield every day. So he, you know, he understood the importance of, of, of the job that he had. And I think Gavin kind of took that approach. You know, Gavin was, you know, obviously the Dodgers gave him the, you know, they told him, they sat him down. And hey, we need you to work on stuff. Dino Ebel worked on with him all offseason on stuff, and they continue to grind and look, and it's paid off, obviously. And now, you know, he's set to be the opening day starter at second base with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's not a bad thing. Uh, I think Chris Taylor, though, stepped up huge. Um, I think he kind of showed everyone that he's going to fill that void of the super sub, if you will, with the lack of Kike and with the lack of Jock. And that's huge for the Dodgers because he can give AJ Pollock days off he can give Justin Turner days off if need be. As a matter of fact, he can give Gavin Lux days off too, if he wants. So, you know, and, and that's the, the, you know, we, we talk about the embarrassment of riches of the Dodgers. They have all that, all that flexibility. Cause before we even talk about, you know, Zach McKinstry, you still have Matt Beatty. You still have, you know, those guys uh, that are, that are still, that are still, that are still versatile that they can put them in those different positions. Cody Bellinger can play two positions. Max Muncy can play a handful of positions. So, you know, again, they, everyone had a you know maybe a quieter spring, if you will, just because of everything that's going on. But they didn't struggle. You know, they still went out and did their work, and they got the reps in. And that's the whole reason that they do spring training. You know, to kind of get everyone back in the in the groove of things. And, and Chris Taylor hitting four home runs this year, or this spring rather, it's not a bad way to go. I mean, you know, a lot of people were worried about uh, his power, if you will. And I, I've for one, have never been worried about Chris Taylor at least since he's been in the Dodgers uh, organization, just because. I mean, he's, he was one of those diamonds in the rough that the Dodgers just found randomly coming out of Seattle and look what they did. I mean, they obviously have a history of doing that with Justin Turner now with him and, uh, and, and here we are, but I mean, for me, I mean, if, if there's a, a spring training MVP, I'd give it to those two guys. I wouldn't give it to Corey. The only reason I wouldn't give it to Corey is because Corey's white hot and everyone knows what that dude's capable of. But I mean, those, those two guys, they, they stepped up huge, and I think it's going to be tremendous for the Dodgers because Gavin Lux, I mean, again, they're giving him the keys to the kingdom and where it's going to kind of show, okay, you had a great spring. Now transition it to, to 162 games, and, and let's see you know let's see what he does. But everyone, I feel like everyone had a solid spring. You know, everyone did, it, especially, like I said, those two guys. And, and the dude that I was surprised that still had a solid spring, even though he hasn't had reps, was Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger had a great spring. He's looking great. He's working on that stance and he didn't come out struggling. That's what you want to see out of your guys going into the season. Hey, Babyface, do you have Muncie's numbers? Muncie is the one that, that concerns me a little bit. Uh, and only because of this. Uh, I thought the jury was still out on Muncie last year. Um, well, actually, no, not last year, but the, in 2019. And he had a really good uh, season. His batting average dropped. Uh, I would like to see his batting average a little higher. And he was fine last year. 
a guy that's been in the minor leagues for as long as he was in the minor leagues. And then the Dodgers just found gold. I was really thinking to myself, okay, is Muncie going to be a one-year wonder or is Muncie going to be a guy who can consistently, you know, put up those numbers. And if he does do that, I, I mean, that it, it's great because if Gavin Lux keeps playing the way, if Gavin Lux can actually play this way, the way he's playing in spring training, if he can carry that over into the season, I think it's 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 good for the Dodgers for many reasons, because then, as you said, Chris Taylor can be that super sub. Chris Taylor can go ahead and spell Pollock and left. He can spell uh, Corey at short a couple of days uh, out of the week. You know, he, he can go ahead and do all that stuff because Lux is holding down first. And if Muncie, you know, is consistent, then we can keep Muncie at, fir- at first. I'm sorry, Lux could hold on second. Um, and we can keep Muncie at first. Uh, if we have to then start spelling first base too, because Muncie is struggling, uh, that's, I mean, that means maybe Bellinger starts playing more at first base. And then, or maybe we start transitioning Justin Turner into first base. So Muncie is somebody that I, I'm going to be keeping my eye on as the season starts, just to see, you know, maybe it's just spring training, but I mean, he was, he hit 229 in spring. He had one home run. Um, so I, I, I'm curious to see about Muncie, but you're right about everybody else. Everybody else looks like they're pretty much, you know, ready to start the season. Uh, but you know, the one thing about Muncie, I will say this, he was still getting his walks in spring training. So I just don't know how I feel about your number possible number four hitter in the lineup, you know, always looking for a walk instead of that, that big hit. I've never been worried about Max for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Max is not the kind of guy that's going to hit for average, if that makes sense. And if we look at his career numbers and you look at his spring numbers, that shows that. He's, he's not your typical uh, four hitter. Uh, that dude obviously is patient at the plate and he's going to go out and, uh, and, and, and try to, to get those pitch counts up. That's the kind of, he's, he's your traditional, your traditional hitter of old, right? Whereas now everyone swings first pitch, you know, they're trying to get that, you know, that, that, that bomb, if you will. The other thing about Max that, that I, uh, that I like is the intangible that he has is his OPS. That dude gets on base, whether it's again by walks, whether it's by, you know, bloop singles or, you know, he hits bombs. So that's why the Dodgers kind of keep him where he's at in that. I, uh, uh, Babyface just said that, uh, Dave or Doc Roberts just said that he might have Cody at four this year. Uh, but he's kind of looking at it. That makes sense to me because again, if, if you have your murderer's row of hitters, you know, going into, you know, a Muncie, uh, a Chris Taylor, a Gavin Lux, you know, uh, Will Smith, when he gets going, all those guys, it's not a bad issue to have, or if, if those guys are just contact hitters and you can get, you know, max on, it's not, it's not a bad move. Cause it's not like max doesn't can't move either. You know what I mean? So, you know, he, he brings other intangibles. And again, it comes back to the way that this Dodgers team is built. They're just all really good in their own way and not to take away from max either. His defense is legit. He can play first. He can, you know, he could play basically the entire diamond. So, so he brings that to the table too, where if, 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 you know, someone needs, you know, Gavin needs a day off, he can play second. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm not overly worried about Max, but I see your point. 
as far as, okay, this dude isn't hitting like everyone else, but it also doesn't help when Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger are all in the lineup ahead of your, of Max Muncy. So that it, is it true. <laughs> That's a very good point. I'm comparing him to these other guys, uh, you know, are almost, you know, all superstars. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's a fair assessment because when you go from those guys to Max, it's like, oh, there's a drop-off. And really, if you know anything about the game, it's not, a, it's, yeah, it's a drop-off, but it's not a drop-off that it's like, oh, this dude is absolute garbage. Why the hell is he in the lineup every day? So I'm not, uh, look, I, I'm rooting for Muncy just because I love that damn bat, bat flip of his. He, it's, it's, a, it's a, when he hits a home run, to me, his bat flip is, is natural. There's nothing like showy. It's just a quick snap. And it, it just, it, it's very pleasing to the eye. I'll tell you that. No, absolutely. And, and I, you know what? I love his swing. He's got one of the better, nicer, you know, smoother swings, even when he hits bombs. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. I get why you're here. <laughs> but moving on, though, uh, one thing that we wanted to do since, you know, the season starts in a week, why not make our uh, too soon to make predictions? So, Juan, I wanted to hear your prediction on uh, AL and NL Cy Young, NL AL MVP. Um, and who uh, who wins the pennant in each uh, in each league, um, and then one uh, one off, if you will, is uh, who will uh, who will win the batting title uh, in each league. Uh, so go ahead. Wow, uh, for the National League, the Cy Young for me, uh, I'm going with Jacob Degrom. I mean, from what I've seen in spring training, uh, the, the guy is just is solid, and he's just. Uh, until the guy, you know, shows me that he's losing it, I, I, I'm going to go with that guy. I mean, he's just – he puts up ridiculous numbers year after year. So, Jacob DeGrom, I'm going to be honest with you, in the American League, I know this it might be a combination of a, of a hot take, but – and maybe it's because I, I, I kind of just want to will this into existence because I'm, I'm just totally curious about it. Shohei Otani, I'm really curious to see if this dude can play and pitch. I mean, some of the, I mean, he made uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. look ridiculous the other day. I was watching the highlights. He just threw him, and it, I mean, he throws hard. I, I always, every time I watch that guy pitch, I lose sight as how hard he throws, but he also has some nice off-speed pitches and he just poured that these just didn't stand a chance there. So I'm curious. I, and that's maybe that's more just for rooting purposes and totally throwing logic out the window. Right. Uh, but I, I would like to see Otani. And also I just don't, I don't see any clear cut favorite in the American league. I mean, like Garrett Cole, yeah, I just don't see in the American league, any team being dominant or any pitcher really being like the likes of Jacob DeGrom and DeGrom, even though, you know, isn't DeGrom almost like the same age as Kershaw, or maybe he might be a, a few years younger. Uh, I actually don't but, know, but that dude, um, that dude looks like he is, uh, he's looking good. Uh, for the NL MVP, wow, that's, you know, I haven't really. Kirkham's 32, by the way. So he is the same age as Kershaw. Yeah. Kershaw, I believe, turns, if, if he's not 33, he's going to turn 33, I believe. He just turned 33 like yeah. two days ago. 
Okay, so he's one year younger than than Kershaw. It also uh, makes me feel like garbage because I believe he's a year younger than I am. So that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> um, for the NL MVP, um, this is I think this is going to probably piss off a lot of uh, Dodger fans, but I'm going to go with Nolan Arenado with the Cardinals. I think uh, Nolan is, I think Nolan maybe he's going to have something to prove uh, in terms of him forcing himself out of Colorado. I think the fact that he also signed that ridiculous contract with, well, look, it's easy for me to say ridiculous. It's a lot of money. You take that money, you know, it's not his fault that Colorado doesn't know how to run a, you know, a baseball team. Uh, So Arnado would be my pick for NL MVP. Uh, AL MVP, look, how can you pick against the best baseball player in in the league? And that's Mike Trout. I know that's really going out on the limb and it's a horrible pick, but I I think Trout is definitely going to uh, be my uh, AL MVP. And then what were the other things that you wanted? You wanted Uh, pennant for uh, both leagues. Okay. So for the National League, I, I'm picking the Dodgers. And for the American Shocking. League. Shocking. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> for, for the American League, um, you know, they just had a really bad injury. I, I was tempted to go with the White Sox. I, I really was tempted with them. But then I remembered that Tony LaRusso is their manager and I can't stand that guy. <laughs> and I feel bad because I want to root for the White Sox. I got a lot of friends in Chicago who are White Sox fans. So I would love to see a Dodgers White Sox World Series so we can have some skin in the game, so to speak. But then I remembered that Tony LaRusso is their manager and I'm just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> That's so fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, exactly. So I, I think um, I think the Yankees. So I think we're going to get the El Clasico, as they say it in Spanish. I think we're going to get the Dodgers and the Yankees. Uh, so ironically, the Yankees are uh, the uh, the favorite to win the AL pennant. So you. Uh, so I went chalk. Are you, you are you chalk. saying that I just went chalk the whole you way? Went, okay. You went chalk on that one. Uh, Cy Young, you did not, though, for the AL. Uh, the AL, the other uh, favorite is Garrett Cole. Uh, so you were I mean, you, you were you did say that you just but uh, just for the record, Shohei Otani is a. Uh, not on this list. So, so, uh, but you know what? I actually, I like that uh, out of all your, all your bold picks, um, especially that American league MVP, that's a bold strategy. We'll see how that plays out, but. And, and I'm already going to see the tweets about, oh, there goes Juan loving Mike Trout again. Look, dude, I mean, just be honest with yourselves. The guy is, you need to appreciate him now because yeah. sooner or later his skills might start diminishing and you're not going to see how good he is anymore. He's going to, he's going to lose it. So I have no shame in, in my love for Mike Trout, even though he plays for a communist team at Disneyland. And you know what? Uh, you're hundred percent right. Uh, that's my pick to win the AL MVP. Uh, I know that's bold, really, really, really bold, <laughs> but uh, it's not even close in the American league. I, the only dude I can maybe think of that, that is even in the realm of being able to be like, okay, this dude should be considered second for AL MVP. Alex Bregman, maybe Aaron Judge. That's about it. Like there yeah. isn't really anyone. Matt Chapman. Like that's the, like those are like the three guys that would be like, okay, th- those are the dudes that are going to end up being better than him. Shohei Otani even. Like that's about it. So that gives you like how wide that is. For my NL MVP, 
Uh, I'm, I'm torn. It, it's, I, I'm either thinking Ronald Acuna Jr. or, uh, or Juan Soto. And let me tell you why. Ronald Acuna Jr. is a bad man. That, that's a bad dude. That dude can ball. Juan Soto though is, is he, he's one of those dudes that he's so good, but because of where he plays, no one sees him. It's almost like the trout effect. Yeah. And that dude's so good. It's insane. So if I were to go one, a one B, as far as like who that would be, it'd be that uh, the only reason I don't have a lock on that is uh, because the other like dark horse that I can see coming in is Mookie Betts. And the irony is, is those dudes are all basically tied up for one, two, and three for like the odds to win it. No, exactly. And, and I know Babyface is having a, a conniption over there because we're not picking any Dodgers to this. But this is the reason why I didn't pick any Dodgers, because I think these guys are going to take votes away from each other. Yeah, I think I expect Mookie to have a very good year. So if Corey Seager has the year that we all expect him to have, I think voters are going to sit there and they're going to go, oh, well, look at that lineup. They're going to use how good the Dodgers are against, against, against yeah. exactly. So that's why. So calm down, baby face. I, I mean, I can't, I can't sit there and pick Dodgers for every, I'd be such a homer and, you know, people would just, I, I'm not going to be Michael Thompson, you know? Believe it or not, Roger, there is better baseball players than all the players that play for the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. I know. It doesn't make any damn sense, but it's true. Uh, for Cy Young for the American League, I'm going Lucas Giolito. That is legit. I know you hate Tony Larusa, but I don't hate any of their pitchers. Uh, yeah, I don't hate the White Sox players. I just think Tony Larusa is a douchebag. No, so. and I agree. And and the thing is, is the White Sox, the White Sox are going to be good. And no one is going to see it coming because everyone's been talking about the Yankees in the American League. And that's why I think it's going to win the pennant. It's the Yankees. But yeah. the White Sox are going to put up a fight. Um, and, and you know, the, I mean, the, granted, the Yankees have Garrett Cole. They're good. You know, a, another dark horse to be able to go out and, and, and win the, the Cy Young in the American League is Shane Bieber. But again, that shows you the disparity between all those teams because the Indians are probably not going to be very good. You know, the White Sox should be pretty good. And uh, and then it's the Yankees. I mean, it's just it's the Yankees in the field, in my opinion, in the American League. Obviously, the Dodgers who's, who's the favorite to win the NL MVP on what you were looking at? Juan Soto. Oh, okay. Yeah, Juan Soto is. Uh, I even before I looked at that, I he was still my pick. Um, the other, I mean, if I'm honest, the, the only Dodger that I that I if I were to pick right now that to win MVP, it'd probably be Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. Um, that's no knock on the rest of the Dodgers. You know, it's just the Corey's just playing out of his mind right now. And I think he's going to be on one, not just because he's a free agent, but it's just because everyone's been saying, oh, you're a top, you know, 10 shortstop. You're not even a top five. You're not even a top three. So it's like, okay, <laughs> hold my beer. Let me go show everyone how tr- untrue that is. Right. Um, and then for the NL Cy Young, man, I, I, it's super hard to pick against the dude that I'm going to probably pick against right now and go Jacob DeGrom, but I'm going to go Jacob DeGrom. I really want to go Max Scherzer because he's been pitching lights out and it's Max Scherzer and, and Mad Max, even though he's 48, 49, 50 years old, somewhere in there, he, he I mean, he, that dude can still ball. So it's, it's kind of hard to pick against them. Um, but I'm going Jacob DeGrom because he's just, he's legit. It's insane how, how his breaking ball just moves. Um, and then to win the pennants, Yankees, Dodgers, a classical Dodgers win in six. 
Nice. So then the only thing we missed was those uh, batting title, uh, the question. Yes. So for me, the batting title in the AL, I think it's going to be Shohei Otani. Uh, yeah, I'm going Shohei. Um, he, he's legit, man. Like, I don't give a damn what anyone says about how injury prone he's been. That dude's legit. And then uh, in the end, I think it's going to be Corsi. Wow. Um, I, I mean, you're all in on the uh, on the Corey Seager, aren't you? I am expecting Corey to have such a monster year that it's going to force the Dodgers to begin negotiating in the summer. Well, I mean, that was the title of our podcast last year. Uh, I mean, uh, last week. And I'm sticking Cor- to it. C- Corey, how much money do you want? Um, so for me, I think the person that's going to win the NL betting title, and I expect him to have a bounce back year, uh, is Christian Yelich. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Yelich last year. I don't know if it was the pandemic. I don't know if he was healthy, but... I mean, he batting average wise, that was that was not the Christian Yelich that I had seen. I think Christian Yelich, the ballpark that he plays in, the fact that the guy has speed, I think he has all the tools to to get hits and uh, and win the batting uh, the batting championship. And in the American League, uh, the guy is just a professional hitter. I wish the rumors were true that the Dodgers were really thinking uh, of signing him and maybe he didn't work. But ever since he played for the Rockies, I just love watching this guy hit. And that's DJ LeMahieu. I think DJ LeMahieu is, is going to win the batting title again in the American league. I know I'm not going out on limbs here, picking those two guys, but uh, I think those guys are just consistent. They're consistent hitters. And they're not, even though they have pop and they can hit home runs, they're not guys that I feel have holes in their swings. They're not guys that, you know, I, I feel in order to win the batting title, you, you gotta have a, a solid contact swing. And I think those two guys have it. Uh, real quick. Um, sorry. I just had to look up this just to make sure that I'm not full of it. Okay. Real quick. I, I'm curious to who you think is going to hit the most home runs in all of baseball. I'm going to make my pick first. It's going to be super bold. It's a crazy hot take. You're not even going to believe this, but it's Mike Trout. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Uh, it's hard for me to argue with you. I'm going to, I'm going to, in the American league, I'm going to go with a little outside. Maybe it's not outside. I, I'm the saying box. all of baseball, not just American. Oh, okay. All of baseball. All of baseball. Um, geez. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Nelson Cruz because I wow. feel like that's all that guy does is hit home runs. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Uh, so on that curveball, uh, Roger, <laughs> I want to hear who you pick for the NLAL MVP, NLAL Cy Young, uh, batting title champs, and most home runs, just like we did. And then I, I'm not even going to ask you the pennant stuff because I already know the answers to that. So let's see. AL MVP... I guess trout, right? Um, God, look at this. Do you see how he struggled to say that? Like it hurts his whole body to just recognize that the guy is good. I mean, I damn. wish that I would have recorded this, but I saw his actual soul leave his body. Exactly. His soul I totally mean, left his body. Yeah. I guess he'll be in the top two. So trout. Wow. Um, NL MVP. Um, Corey Seager or Mookie Betts? There it is. 
Wow. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Co-MVPs, yeah. Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> exactly. AL Cy Young. Um, either Shane Bieber or uh, Garrett Cole. Not a Dodger. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but again, not a Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> NL, NL Cy Young. Top three. Bauer, Kershaw, Bueller. Wow. Gee, wow. <laughs> wow. You know what? I'm actually surprised that he David didn't... Price might be fourth. <laughs> I'm so, uh, you know what? You know, you know, you know what Babyface sounds like right now? Do you oh, remember right. that old sketch on, on SNL, the super fans oh, with yeah, the yeah. Bears? And yeah. every time they asked them what the final score was, and it would be something like uh, Bears uh, 252, Packers 12. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That's baby face right there. It's just like the Dodgers are going to go 162 and all, uh, and we're winning all the trophies. That, that's why, if you if you noticed, my bold strategy was to wait to ask him until the end, just, <laughs> just because I knew I had a rough idea of how that was going to go. Also, I am indubitably impressed that you didn't pick Sandy Koufax to win the AL Cy Young just because of Brooklyn. Just at one point, I was expecting you to be like, oh, yeah, Koufax, Koufax. Oh, I, I saw your soul leave your body. What, what am I missing? Uh, batting uh, titles? Batting title and most home runs. Uh, batting Wait, can title. I guess who you're going to pick for the batting title for, for the NL? Okay. Uh, Corey Seager. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toss-up. <laughs> Between who? Corey Seager and who? Corey Seager? Mookie Betts. <laughs> you know, honestly, Babyface, I'm not lying. You know who I thought you were going to go with, but I don't think he's going to get enough at-bats. Austin Barnes. I thought that's you were going to pick baby, Austin yeah, Barnes. Baby Mookie, yeah, he baby won't have that <laughs> That's the dark horse. That's the dark horse. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. three for the batting title. And then for the AL? AL. Uh, I guess DJ LeMahieu. <laughs> and then for most home runs, uh, which Dodger is going to hit the most home runs in all of baseball? <laughs> Max Muncy. There it is. <laughs> There it is. See, I think Babyface has the same problem that I have. And I think this is a larger problem that Major League Baseball has. And this is why my hatred for Robert Manfred continues. Is that baseball now has become such a regional sport. Right. All I follow are the Dodgers. That's all I really pay attention to. You know, occasionally, you know, I, I, I'll watch the highlights on MLB Network and I'll see what other teams are doing. But. I, you know, when I was a kid, I would be able to tell you the starting lineup for every, like my, my buddy the other day when I, we were talking about if we could name the starting lineup for the 1986 Houston Astros. And I could still do that now, but now I, I, for play for the teams playing today, I, I don't follow other teams as intensely as, as I follow the Dodgers and I think it's because baseball has fallen off of that national landscape, so to speak. I used to love the game of the week when I was a kid in NBC, when Vince Scully and Joe Garagiola used to do the, those games. That was like seared in my memory and, and we just don't have that anymore. And so this was really hard. I have to say, when you asked me to name other people, these winners, I, I, I really struggled because I just didn't feel as confident analyzing other teams. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get to study, so that's why I went with Dodgers. <laughs> right, right. But I'm not sure I'd, I'd differ that much if I did kind of study, but for now, I mean, I'll, ta- I'll take the Dodgers. 
Let me tell you how much of that no one believes right now. Not a damn soul believes that any of that is true. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when I watched the World Series on NBC. And Bob Costas would call some of those games and stuff like that. So, I mean, that, and and to be honest, I know a lot of people rag on Bob Costas, but that's one of those dudes that I wish would call more of those games. Granted, I know he does MLB Network stuff, but, uh, but I, dude, that, I mean, back in those times, sick, but I I will. I look in honest, full disclosure, Bob Costas is in my fight club. Wow. I, I just realized that the majority of people in my fight club are all like baseball announcers, <laughs> like Bob Costas, Joe Morgan, Tim McCarver. Those guys are all in my fight club. Bob Costas mainly just because not everyone's going to sit there and think is because in 1988, he came out there saying that the Dodgers had no chance of winning the world series. Right. It's just every time I hear Costas, I have to listen to how great baseball was in 1960s and how it was so much better in the 60s than it is now. And I just feel like Costas never gives the modern day player its due. And it's just like, hey, dude, these guys are good. All right. These guys are good. And I would have loved to have seen those guys in the 60s face hitters like now, like facing Ichiro and facing Tony Gwynn. I mean, Tony Gwynn, if you look at Tony Gwynn's numbers against Greg Maddox, we're talking about Greg Maddox, okay? We're not talking about a chump, dude. He owned Greg Maddox. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one thing that just drives me crazy. Joe Morgan is just a Dodger hater, so that's why he's in my fight club. And Tim McCarver is just Captain Obvious. I don't have to say anything. Maybe to defend we, why he's in my fight club. Maybe during the season we can uh, we can go over your fight club because I'm kind of because <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see you get riled up over this fight. I mean, I understand the Joe Morgan thing and the Tim McCarver thing. God rest the Tim McCarver soul. But uh, but it's but but that would be a fun podcast because I mean, look how pissed. I mean, Roger's soul left his body. I really that's that's a gif I wish we could have turned that moment into a gif because I would yeah. use that for everything Roger's soul is currently somewhere like over Pasadena that's how far it's <laughs> left his body and so it, it's I mean it, listen at the end of the day that was still fun to do just because just for me what made it is Roger went Dodger chalk and his soul left his body exactly <laughs> well on that note before before we uh we end the show i just want to give a quick shout out oh yeah um uh for those of you um there is an exhibit that's going to be opening up at track 16 at the track 16 gallery in los angeles so for those of you uh local listeners uh it's a it's an exhibit that i want to just call your attention to uh there is a book that i received an advanced copy of called a moonlight gram and it's a nightly baseball comment and it was, it's a collection of drawings from every single day of the 2020 baseball season. So the author drew whatever was the biggest moment in baseball that day or the most interesting story. Uh, so I uh, went ahead and got an advanced copy of the book. I think Dodger fans would be really, really pleased because there's a lot of Dodger drawings on there. The last two pages of the book are my favorite because there are drawings of when Kershaw threw out. Who was it that tried to steal home in the World Series? Uh, was it Randy Rosarena? Uh, or? I think it was Rosarena. So he has a no, drawing. Was it? Who was it? Don't shake your head violently at me and tell me no. <laughs> baby, baby face, check me on that. But 
they have a drawing of Kershaw from Kershaw's view of that. And then they have the famous, he has the famous drawing of Julio on the mound getting the last strikeout. It's uh, it's beautiful. They're beautiful illustrations. Now they're going to be hanging those illustrations in the gallery for everyone to see. Manny Margot. Uh, Manny Margot. Okay. So I you'll digress. be able to see. I digress. They will be selling also limited copies of the book at on the gallery's website. So this exhibit opens on April 1st and it runs through May 22nd. If you're a baseball fan, you should definitely go check it out. If you're a Dodger fan, you should go check it out. Um, visitors can make reservations by visiting the gallery's website. Once again, that is Trek 16 Gallery. And the name of the exhibit is Moonlight Graham, a nightly baseball comic. Uh, I have, I'll post pictures on my Twitter so you guys can see the book. It's, it's, uh, it's good stuff for, for baseball fans. And before Alonzo butchers my Twitter, I'm going to, I'm just saying I made it easier for everybody. Just type in El Mero Doyer. There just it is. type in El Mero Doyer on Twitter. It'll take you to my Twitter feed. I'll post pictures of um, Moonlight Graham. Uh, you guys should definitely check it out, especially if you're baseball fans. Solid, uh, solid. You were telling me about it. It sounded super cool. I wish I could go to it. Alas, I cannot. But if you can, please go check it out uh, to that website that Juan dropped. And again, thank you all for joining us on this week's edition of the Bleed Los podcast. Baseball starts next week. So by basically by the time that this next episode drops, we'll, we'll kind of be talking about new baseball one way or another. And I'm stoked about that. And most importantly, uh, we can talk Dodgers chalk with Roger as his soul <laughs> returns to his body. I can't wait. But on that note, it's your boys. Oh, okay. So he's checking me now with the picture. You guys can't see this because you're not, this isn't a video podcast, but that's a sick picture, but you don't have to rub it in my face, Roger. That's there, there we go. <laughs> cool pictures though. They look, they look super dope. Definitely encourage you guys to go check those out. But on that note, it's your boys, Alonso Juan with the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. We will catch you down the road next week. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you then. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube